Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Hi, I'm Elise, your fertility pharmacist. Today's episode involves a topic that really hits home for me. The topic is intimate partner violence. Intimate partner violence can be defined as physical, sexual, or psychological violence carried out by a romantic partner. According to the CDC, just over one in three women have experienced stalking, sexual violence, or physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. Well, I fall into this category of one in three. I'm relieved to say I am far away from that relationship now. Going through intimate partner violence myself made me appreciate the importance of having support from the people in your life to get out. For women who are battling infertility, some of these support persons may actually be at a fertility clinic, given that there is so much contact with the clinic during a really emotional time in patients' lives. This is one of the reasons I'm covering an article that was recently published in Fertility and Sterility. It's called Reproductive Endocrinologist's Knowledge and Attitudes in the Identification of Intimate Partner Violence. Going forward, I'm going to call intimate partner violence, partner violence. Right from the get-go, the authors of this research article shared a ton of interesting information. They wrote about reproductive coercion, which is a type of partner violence when the partner tries to control the reproductive behaviors and choices of the other. In the infertility world, reproductive coercion may take the form of physical or psychological pressure to select an embryo of a specific sex, usually male. This is a tricky situation for fertility providers to try to detect whether or not someone is trying to force their partner on a specific embryo choice. Something else I learned while reading this, which makes sense, is that being pregnant is a known risk factor for partner violence. The most recent famous case about this that comes to my mind is that of Chris Watts. He was a Colorado man. He murdered his pregnant wife and their two little girls. Based on 15 years of data, From the state of Maryland, pregnancy-related homicides are most likely to occur in the first three months of pregnancy. The first three months of pregnancy are a particularly sensitive time for couples doing IVF because there's a heightened sense of wondering whether or not this embryo will successfully implant and then develop. Since reproductive providers are likely aware that pregnancy increases the risk of violence, this could again pose a dilemma for the provider. If partner violence is suspected in the time of making the embryo, should the doctor be okay with full steam ahead to facilitate the pregnancy? These are ethical quandaries, and the authors teed up their main hypothesis to test this in their research. They hypothesized that infertility specialists do commonly encounter partner violence, yet they are not well equipped to identify abuse and offer appropriate resources. To test their hypothesis, the study authors wrote to medical directors of 200 fertility clinics across the U.S. They asked these medical directors to fill out a 47-item questionnaire that was posted on SurveyMonkey. They sent the survey out last spring and summer in 2020, and because of COVID, they sent out two email reminders to fill out the survey. The survey had been validated and developed by the Violence Against Women Health Research Collaborative, and nine questions were added that were specifically related to infertility. Now that you've heard about the simple setup of the study, let's get into the results. Of the 200 reproductive endocrinology and infertility physicians contacted, 95 replied. 
Only one-third of these physicians confirmed they had prior training in partner violence. Two-thirds did not recall having such training. The average age of respondents was 51 years old. One-third of the respondents were ages 50 or younger. The respondents' genders were 60-40 male to female, and this is similar to the actual gender statistics of fertility physicians in the U.S. To translate all of this, what it means is that most of the doctors responding to this survey are of a different generation and a different sex than the women to whom they are providing care. Back to the survey. 70% of the physicians believe that partner violence is common in the community in general, but they felt this kind of violence is rare in their own personal practices. This may correspond with the 30% of providers reporting that their fertility clinic has identified partner violence in the past six months. What this 70-30 seems to suggest is, if partner violence in their patient's has not been a recent experience, then it isn't a forefront concern. It's possible that partner violence was not a recent experience at these clinics because no one was screening for it. Many physicians responded that there were barriers to determining if their female fertility patients are experiencing partner violence. Besides the barrier of not perceiving enough time to ask about partner violence in a given patient appointment, the other big barrier was a lack of knowledge. The docs didn't know how to ask a patient about partner violence, how to respond if a patient affirmed partner violence, or how to connect the patient to community resources. In contrast, the physicians with the training in partner violence did not feel like time or knowledge were major barriers to identifying partner violence. Despite these perceived barriers and belief that it's not actually happening in their practice, Fortunately, most of these providers responded that, yes, they were interested in receiving training in partner violence. This makes me wonder about the physicians who didn't reply to the survey. Are they interested in learning about partner violence, but they just didn't feel like participating in the study? Or did the non-responders feel like partner violence isn't a priority in their practice? We don't have the answer to that. I'm recognizing I just spilled out a lot of information, and there's way more from this survey that could be said. And to cap off the results, I'll close with two memorable survey responses. One of these is nearly 40% of fertility physicians confirmed they had been involved in the care of a woman who faced pressure to produce a child of a specific sex through pre-genetic testing, aka PGT. Similarly, 40% of physicians said that yes, they would cancel or postpone a patient's IVF cycle if they learned of partner violence going on. From these last two responses about canceling IVF cycles and involvement with patients who've suffered abuse to genetically select a specifically gendered embryo, let's move into the discussion section of the article where things get even more interesting. After sharing the results, the authors concluded that a fertility clinic provides a setting that is relevant and unique for providers to address partner violence both before and in the early stages of pregnancy. While this may be true, that reproductive providers have a role to play in identifying and treating patients who are experiencing some form of partner violence, I'm also thinking of the patient's perspective. Women seeking fertility treatment typically have a significant desire to conceive. If a woman suspects that her doctor will not allow her to go forward with embryo implantation due to problems with her partner, would she still be willing to disclose coercion or violence? I'm not sure about that. On the other hand, I do agree with the study authors when they concluded that the survey respondents likely underestimate how common partner violence is within their fertility practices. The study authors suspect that the reason 
respondents underestimate the prevalence of partner violence is because their populations at the fertility clinics tend to be white, educated, and socioeconomically advantaged. It is completely false that socioeconomics, education, or race prevent you from partner violence. Maybe this perception comes from these physicians receiving education in an earlier era when partner violence training was not included in medical school curriculums. Maybe the misperception stems entirely from selection bias, as the survey was sent out to medical directors who tend to be more seasoned in the medical field. Either way, it is encouraging that those who responded do wish to receive more training in partner violence. Since this has been a lot of heavy material, it's time to go into some overall takeaways from this article. One, since this study only heard from 95 fertility medical directors, it's possible that a different sample of fertility physicians would give different responses. Two, it's plausible that fertility practices see more partner violence than most clinicians realize. This ties into three. There needs to be increased awareness amongst fertility providers that partner violence may be happening. I personally see a role for mental health counselors at fertility clinics to have this crucial conversation, but not all clinics have mental health providers. There may be also a role for nutritionists and other providers who work closely with women on their fertility to screen for this partner violence. I can see lady patients trusting nurses, acupuncturists, really anyone involved in their fertility care except their physician with the admission that some sort of abuse is going on. As many women could be worried, rightfully so, that the physician would not allow them to move forward with their dream of turning an embryo into a baby. I'm curious to hear what others think about this, so if you have strong thoughts, please get in touch. Also, in the show notes, I'm posting links to resources on partner violence. That concludes today's episode. Please feel free to find out more about today and previous podcast episodes at www.yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in. 